welcome back to Webology. Thanks y'all for coming back to class. I am your over-caffeinated professor, Ricky. Hey y'all, I am your other professor, Ethan. Yeah, I uh, I had a lot of caffeine today just to make it this late into the evening. It's been a long, long day, but I am ready to talk about some anime question mark? Definitely anime question mark. So if you guys are following us on our Instagram... Mm-hmm. at webology.podcast you will have seen that i posted a photo of batman ninja yes and i asked a few questions in the uh you know caption whatever is this anime and it got us thinking it, it's it's a topic we've wanted to talk about for a long time where does the line of quote-unquote anime end you know in the modern era of anime when it's become more mainstream it's had a more international presence. So more and more studios are starting to produce what looks, sounds, and feels like anime. Back in the day, I mean, back when the big three were out and when they were super hype, anime had a very clear line. It was, you know, animation of a certain style that came from Japan. And a lot of people will still prescribe to that particular definition. But in 2020, Ethan, it's kind of blurrier than that, ain't it? I mean, it is, and I think it should be. Okay. I would prefer, you know, I don't know. I just don't like all the like very like d- defined black and white lines. You know, saying like this is anime, this isn't anime. Like I just think that kind of gatekeeping does not do anime any justice. And I think people that, for instance, are into the DC animated movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, those should be considered anime, but they aren't. I kind of understand why this exists, though, because the, that's the one thing when you wanted to, uh, you know, you brought this topic up. You know, we should talk about things that are kind of anime adjacent. The reason why the gatekeeping exists, in my opinion, is because anime and its fandom have always, up to this point, felt niche. It's always felt like its own subculture in media and entertainment. And for a long time, you kind of felt. I don't want special is the wrong word. I don't know. Just in your own little pocket community. But now as it's become so much more available and the streaming era is upon us in full force in the last maybe decade, I don't know. It, it The gatekeeping is kind of, you know, a, a way for the old school veteran fans to still feel like they're in some kind of pocket community. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's got to be part of it. I mean... I think anime is a um, kind of like an asylum for a lot of people that feel like they're on the outside yes. of like social groups and stuff like that. But to me, I don't, I don't think it does the genre as a whole or a medium for, per se a lot of favors to be like that in a lot of regards because, I mean... That's kind of our whole mission, though, on this show is right, to make right. it, you know, less feel pocket and more accessible to all. So well, I just think, you know, as time is progressing, it seems like it's heading more and more towards the mainstream. And that isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think, you know, back in the day when you had maybe 50 anime a year that came out, right? Right. It was just harder to do and stuff like that. And it took more time. I think it was an accessibility thing, too. I mean, a lot of them probably resided in Japan solely and to get to the level of, say, Bleach or Naruto, to get over the sea, basically you had to be so big that the country itself of Japan could not contain it, you know? The fan base was so outside of that. But now, it, every show, simulcasting, like, it comes on in Japan, it comes on around the world. So, you know, there 
isn't really a need to gatekeep anymore, but it still exists. And I think it's that's kind of an interesting thing for me. Why would it still exist? Why does the gatekeeping exist? Do you yeah, think? I mean, I think it's definitely like you're saying, just feeling like you're you're special in some regard, right? I mean, like people that only read manga think that people that watch anime are yeah. assholes. People that <laughs> use PCs exclusively think anyone that plays on Xbox or PS3 or PS4 are being Co- Console scrubs. Yeah, yeah like, PC master race, baby. <laughs> mongoloid. So, so it's like, I don't know. I just think it's... Um, trying to feel selective and feel kind of better than other people in some regards. But I don't know if it's like all bad, like if it's as bad as it sounds. Right. I think but what you said, I think is important is that, you know, it doesn't do the medium any favors because if you gatekeep and kind of have that, oh, uh, anime is only this or only that. And if you believe anything else is anime, then you are not a true fan. Then, I mean, it kind of you're you're narrowing what the possibility of anime can be. You know, you're kind of uh, forcing it as a community to stay in its lane, so to speak, when it has a lot more to offer, a lot more stories to tell if it's allowed as a style to branch out. Right, Um, and more runway, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, it would be hard to imagine a couple years ago, maybe in the, you know, early 2000s, early 90s, that a show like Kimetsu no Yaiba would come out with that kind of art. You oh, know, 100%. Art I mean, focus. I just don't... I think that if you consider only one style, you know, um, the only thing that constitutes anime, right? I just think you're going to limit yourself in the long run. And then, you know, especially, like, any community that is, like, holier than thou in a lot of ways, it feels, like, so selective. Like, it's just less um, approachable for, like, a random guy to come in and say, wow, I, I actually kind of like this stuff. Exactly. You know? And I think it's not just about the fans either. I think this is kind of segueing into what we wanted to do on this particular episode uh, is it's not just about gatekeeping away from fans. It's gatekeeping away from uh, companies, uh, entertainment uh, outlets, essentially. Well, companies like DC, like Warner Brothers, the to kind of tell them, hey, you're not allowed to make something in this style because you don't fit that mold. So with Batman Ninja, when Ethan brought it up, and it looks super hype, like even before I watched it, it looks so cool. Uh, but it's weird because it was it was a DC thing. You know, it was it was from a company that you would not expect a proper anime uh, work to come from. So with this Batman Ninja, we watched it, we wanted to see what it's about, and with one question in mind... Does it anime? <laughs> is this something we can consider bona fide anime? And I think this is a new segment. And you might we be asking do. yourself, do we English? Do the we English? Answer, no. You know this by now. Everyone we are who's not been linguistics. We are not linguistics. But before all this, I just want to say shout out to Pops for buying it. Um, oh I, yeah, Mr. Schaefer, thank you, Conley. I did call out to him at one point that saying that you know we didn't have this movie and we needed it. So and he finally bit that bullet and swiped that card and we yeah. got ourselves a movie. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't know, I noticed his movie collection, dude. That is a robust movie collection. <laughs> yeah, yes, There's it is. so many movies on your dad's Apple account. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I think I put it on like the want list or whatever and it finally went on sale, so he bought <laughs> he it. finally <laughs> snagged up that deal. But yeah, so uh, we wanted to do this segment called Does It Anime? I think going forward, this will be a repeating thing. We want to start watching things that have the guts of anime, that feels like anime when you watch it and we want to do uh, a little bit of uh, research and deliberation using our PhDs and our clear big brains to and Google and Google <laughs> to make a decision on whether 
some piece of work, animes or not. So today, as we've said a number of times, Batman Ninja, Ethan, how'd you feel about this movie? So I love the movie. Um, okay. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no, so um, I've really watched nearly all of the DC Batman animated movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really think I'm literally missing like one or two. And it's just like either I missed it when it came out. So what I used to do is I used to <laughs> – maybe I'm not going to say this. Do it. Yo, you ha- oh, you brought it up. You have to say it. Bear, bear it to the world. Okay, whatever. <laughs> this is about pirating, so just get ready. Oh my god, come on. <laughs> so there was this this uh, Android app called Showbox. Okay. Where, oh yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, Showbox. Yeah. And anytime a new DC film would come out, they would have it like that day. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were on their shit. So I would just stream them like literally as they were coming out, and it would leave. It would leave. Oh wow. It would literally, oof, literally <laughs> uh, tell you like when one was coming out pretty soon. Like it would tell you like be ready for this in a week or whatever. We'll, we'll have it on here. Yeah, we'll have yeah. It right so here. That's cool. I, that was like super um, helpful to me for just being able to see all them. Obviously, now we own them, so um, you can't really get me for it. <laughs> yeah, now um, now somebody paid money for it, so jokes on you. Yeah, pirates. but I mean, I, so I love this uh, DC animation in general. Like, I, mm-hmm. I well, first of all, bringing us you know a character such as Batman to life in an animated form, like, and the, and this one, yeah, and it's I, hard to like not like it, you know? Right, and as someone who doesn't really frequent much of the DC animated movies, which I feel like I need to more because. Uh, I love that old school, you know, um, um, classic American cartoon animation style. That That's some fun stuff. I have very nostalgic feelings for that kind of animation style. But this one was very unique. And it really felt like a love letter to Japanese culture. You know, in the only the way that maybe like a superhero uh, movie like Batman can. And it, I have... A lot, most pros, but there's a couple cons in giving a love letter like that. But we'll get into that a little later. But I would say this movie, it almost felt like it. I don't know. It, it didn't. It felt like it was punching me in the face over and over again with its plot. It was very fast paced. It didn't feel like it was a very uh, well explained or like not a lot of exposition existed in this story. If you notice that, you know. So. Ethan, what was the movie about in general? I mean, how did uh, Batman get the moniker of Ninja, essentially? Sure. So, first off, I just want to say, in terms of not explaining a lot, I think since this is, like, maybe the 30th in the line of Batman animated movies... That's fair. I'm pretty sure they're just, like, kind of banking on the fact that, like, you know all these characters and, um, like, I mean, there's nothing, like, so insane about it. It's just they wanted to basically... As far as I could tell, like basically um, be an exposition of all the different styles of of anime that come out of Japan, and then also that was very true. It just was like in general culture, like overload for Japan, and specifically the Warring States era. Yeah, and and they did a really good job about showing um, just every every style of animation you could probably get and all the genre tropes of a bunch of different genres. And uh, they did it back to back very beautifully, pretty seamless too for what they were trying to do. It was quite good. So, right. So super quickly, basically what the movie is about is the first scene you see Batman is coming to Arkham Asylum and you see Gorilla Grodd basically is creating this thing called 
um time this, space quake yeah space time quake engine yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds like a badass name because it and really was for whatever reason there's also four or five other um like basically a-list <laughs> um villains yeah, they were they were the the ogs the classics like yeah. penguin and um two-face yeah penguin two-face poison uh, poison ivy death stroke and then obviously joker's got to joker mr j joker-san yeah. <laughs> joker-san mr j anyway so uh they all get kind of warped with batman and his um clan Lord. of other bat Bat, bat people batkin <laughs> yeah and also um catwoman was there as well and but, somehow alfred and i'm actually alfred. confused about yeah, that, that one, one i'm still not a, how not. did he even get roped in because he was he was in arkham asylum is where that everything got transported yeah i don't quite understand exactly how he got pulled into it but anyway they get pulled back <laughs> to feudal uh warring states japan yeah and since batman was the last one to go through the warp he arrives basically two months later Yes, so everyone. It wasn't two months; it was two years. Was it two? Yeah, years? a lot of people were because that's where, um, like Joker managed, and all these people managed to build their uh, empires in these provinces. Sure, two years. Yeah. So basically, um, each of those bad villains became like feudal lords of a like an right. area during the Warring States. So, um, and and the visuals for the like explanation was gorgeous that was actually super cool and i, I think it's a, that's a good segue into the the visuals aspect a lot of it i'm talking maybe 90 percent of the movie was cgi and y'all know right now i have talked about how i am not a big cgi fan i don't think a lot of people in the anime community are but this was done with movie money that real big right, right, thick right. dc pockets so the animation actually wasn't that bad despite being cgi i have to admit Although there were moments when they had hand drawn shit, and I gotta tell you, I kind of wish the whole thing was was like hand drawn. Maybe not exactly that watercolor thing we'll get to, but um, there were moments where it was hand drawn. The effects were hand drawn. The smoke, the bombs, the explosion. That's that stuff was hand drawn, and that was really really clean. And uh, I don't know. I kind of wish it was hand drawn. I don't. I don't see why it couldn't have been. You know. Yeah. So when we were talking about it during the movie, the thing that I brought up was probably this is the most in my opinion, expensive of the DC animation movies that I've seen. For sure. Just like with all the different art styles, animators they had to get, they literally had to go to Japan and get a bunch of people who work on like pretty seminary works of art, specifically JoJo. Yes, so that's actually very fascinating. This this cast, both the people who produced it and that were in it, Big A-list stars. I mean, who was the guy who did the directing? Was it uh, Jumps? Yeah, Junpei. Junpei. Miyu Suzaki or something like so that. So he, yes, he basically has nothing else to his name except for this movie, a movie in 2005 called Zoo, and he is a producer on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. So that kind of shined through in a lot of these scenes in this movie. It felt very JoJo. It's Very it, agree. It was like... Um, you know, you are the one who will be fooled. Oh, ho, ho, you're approaching me. That kind of yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to the point where we had some JoJo uh, voice actors actually in this one. Right. So I think if you are a sub fan um, in anime, you will absolutely love the voice actors for the sub of this movie. That cast slapped. I mean, it was like a completely star-studded cast. You'll you'll notice a lot of voices that you've heard before. You have Dio from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You have Sasuke from Naruto, adult Sasuke. You have... Uh, Jiraiya. Jiraiya, who is Alfred. You have... Um, 
You have Beerus. Beerus from Dragon Ball Super was Batman. That was rad. I mean, and these voices were <laughs> these voices were great. I mean, it, it was it was a good time. And we actually went and pivoted and looked at dub for the Joker, and it wasn't that good. I mean, right. So like from from a like DC animation um, standard of the English dub. This was way, way, way downhill from normal. Yeah, I was actually kind of shocked because I guess I grew up on a Mark Hamill Joker, which is the best voice Joker of all time, in my opinion. And uh, it, it was kind of good to see that sub made such a big impact in terms of quality overdubbed on this one. And it was produced all in Japan. So, I mean, back to the question of is this anime, does this anime that already has the most traditional definition checkbox checked. It was made in Japan by a Japanese director who also did other work on big name animes. Boom. You have a voice cast that's from Japan who has done anime work. Boom. You have a definition here that is, for all intents and purposes, 100% anime. So why did I feel, Ethan, that this didn't feel like anime? Something about this didn't feel like anime. To me i'm trying to i'm trying to wrap my head around it because it's kind of maybe it was the fact that it was batman maybe this western character this western superhero being in the anime format kind of made it dis disjunct you know i think uh if you felt that way it was all be in your head i okay i think it's because you know that batman is a western character maybe and that's it he was transported to this basically eastern style because i don't agree at all that it felt disjointed i think the one thing that was weird was like modern tech back then but that is like fairly yeah. common throughout anime so i don't understand why you would feel that specifically that's so i was just bringing up as a hypothetical because what my actual feelings on this movie are it felt like a good anime movie but not a good batman movie it felt like a really good anime movie. If I can remove myself from the Batman character being in it, you could have replaced it with some other dude, like just some other main character, and I think it would have still worked. Take all of the Batman IP out of it and put like other random folk, and you probably would have a solid anime movie on your hands, and it still was a solid anime movie. It didn't feel like a good Batman movie to me. It was a good movie. It just didn't feel like a good Batman movie to me, you know? Um. Yes and no. Like I okay. think this movie would have suffered greatly if it was not batman ip because mm -hmm. they were really like hoping you knew a lot of stuff already that was maybe maybe that was part of it for me is that i i'm not the like i'm not a, like a diehard dc fan i'm not a diehard batman fan i do like batman he's a cool character but maybe my my lore game on batman isn't very uh up to snuff so i think for you as someone who's way more versed in batman as an ip you probably had more uh, of like callbacks and fun time with them homaging things you know yeah definitely i i mean obviously i think that's definitely the main point um of maybe difference for you is i mean for me the only issue was it was kind of a weak story just in general yeah it felt pretty weak but i mean if you think about like one issue of a comic book generally it's like pretty weak yeah and i think that's it's yeah. supposed to be like long it's not like a long standing story right right they basically had to tie up the, the pretty bow as quickly as they could in this one essentially extended episode and they did so in some real kind of ass ploy ways that weren't bad they were just funny i mean this <laughs> the story at some point you know all of these uh 
provinces and all these classic Batman villains all have their own house mechs. Right. <laughs> that was yeah, out. so they all built, like, mechs into their castles. Which was insane. And then they all just, like, <laughs> turned them on, and they all looked... Again, the designs, the character designs in this were really cool. I did like how they portrayed the Joker. He had this sweet Fu Manchu mustache on, um, and all the uh, the Fuel Japan-style costumes for all of these villains were pretty cool. Uh, but the house mechs, man, that, that shit got me. That was just like, okay, okay. They, but that's how they were trying to rope in, like, you know, an homage to Japanese mechs. That's, I get yeah, it. Yeah, I, I mean, get it. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I saw a different movie than you did, but <laughs> I think it was like pure, pure homage. Like, I think they, they used the IP that they had at their disposal to just kind of like basically tie up the story. But I think it is mostly just to show as many different, um, homages as they could in a small period of time. Like it was a hour and a half movie, maybe a little bit less. Yeah. And um, I mean, there's like, it looked a little Miyazaki in some regards. Like it did have that moment. Those backgrounds were beautiful. Yeah, beautiful backgrounds, beautiful but backgrounds. also like um, kind of the mech coming from a you know stationary building and stuff like that. That's very like Miyazaki. Like, um, and it did sound I like what would... they call it when they like design vehicles and stuff from something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll get what you're saying. I'm just, it sounds like I'm knocking the animation. I actually was uh, surprised at how good it was. I, seeing the CGI, I always have this initial recoil of, ooh, CGI, fuck, no, <laughs> please turn it off. Thank you. No, but, but as I started watching it, they did a really, really good job. They went all over the spectrum of animation. There was an entire scene where it, all, it looked entirely like, a watercolor painting and it was like animated frame for frame pure sakuga great stuff i mean and there was a moment where they used animation to show batman's resolve in fuel japan where he's looking over every background looked like a japanese painting it had a pattern it felt stagnant it didn't feel like your classic anime backgrounds and then when he admitted that i cannot fight the joker with my 21st century tech this era has its strength too Essentially, the background changed from a painting to this beautiful anime landscape. I'm talking Dr. Stone quality backgrounds, maybe even like, you know, Promised Neverland and like... I was thinking like Made in Abyss. Made in Abyss, that's it. That's the one I was thinking of. And <laughs> I totally said Promised Neverland, but it's whatever. Um, Made in Abyss style uh, backgrounds of quality, and it just totally puts you kind of locked in to the movie at that point. Like, it, it, was, inc it was incredible to me. So they did not spare any expense on going ham on that animation. Hamination, very much. <laughs> Indeed. Hamination. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so like from a story perspective, obviously we're saying it's a little bit weak, but mm -hmm. I mean, they they use like common tropes throughout the like DC universe where, you know, um, constantly Batman will be foiled by having to go save somebody. That was, that was quite clever. Right, yeah, that, and that then it's good. always like, you know, something bad will happen as a result because – Joker knows him very well, and like he very much preys on that constantly. They did do, and, a good and job they of do that. that throughout all DC kind of related um, comics, animation, right. whatever. I mean, th they basically are meant for each other, and that they're complete yin and yang. Yes, and and there was no shortage of him playing on that. There was a scene where. He said, I'm going to drop my hand of my big house mech, and it's going to crush a woman. And when he goes and tries to save her, that woman is actually Harley Quinn and basically tricked him once again. So that's like, okay. then, And it's still – it's funny because it actually – that uh, took me by surprise. 
So even though I know that that's a trope, I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. They had some moments where uh, I was stunned, a little bit uh, gobsmacked. Yeah, so like I, I didn't know that was going to be her, but I mean, that's so common. You, you get that it after I, the fact, That I yeah. definitely was not like surprised when they showed her as <laughs> yeah, Harley right. Quinn. I was like, oh, really? I was like, oh, okay, that's, <laughs> that makes sense. That's smart. That's clever. I'm into it. Okay. But I mean, at the end, they kind of they play off the trope of where Joker consistently is trying to get Batman to kill him. Yes, and, and and like no matter the era Batman's in, like he is just still the seminal hero in that he will not kill. And like I don't know, obviously that's like his biggest downside in a lot of ways is that he doesn't have like it's not that he doesn't have what it takes to do it. Yes, it's just that I think he's trying to live a different path. But obviously, it continually gets him in trouble. And like in terms of Batman as an IP, that is one's like issue that i have with it right it's like how many times you gotta let you know joker get out of arkham asylum before you just like lobotomize him exactly i mean i I think batman is where uh, it's so influential around the world when it comes to the superhero concept that i believe that in my hero academia where it's basically an homage to western hero type type stories and characters where they get the whole concept of heroes have a tougher time because they have not only villains to defeat, but people to save or villains do not have that restriction. Batman is the epitome of that concept where it's, you know, his whole world is I don't kill people. I save people and I don't even kill villains. So he is the living embodiment of heroes have a tough. And this movie does not shy away from that. You know, all the time saying Joker saying you, you know, being a hero is a tough, tough job. You got to save everybody, but I don't have that restriction. Right. And then in that last clash between the two of them, which was awesome, yeah, by so the way. gorgeous, choreographed but, beautifully. But you can tell very easily that Batman is just fighting to not lose, and Joker is fighting to kill him. Right. He's fighting to go for the throat. And can we talk about, you know, Ninja Batman in the end? Sure. He is full Naruto status right now he's throwing hand signs he's literally weaving hand signs with his chakra he's pulling like itachi level genjutsu he is like shadow like whenever he gets attacked he gets he bursts into a cloud of bats and you know it's not crows but it's it's pretty damn close totally like it's like holy shit are you like a jonin right now holy shit yeah so i mean obviously we didn't we couldn't do any research into like specifically talking to these guys and asking where their you know influences are but I think it's very clear they looked at Naruto. They looked at Gundam. They that, go, absolutely. Yes. They looked at Gundam. They looked at... I kind of felt like a little bit of... Um, shit, what's that? What that you got? Really famous movie. No, you you can do it. Uh, well, Ghost it in the Shell. Yes, Ghost in the Shell for sure. Um, and de- definitely they, they leveraged... Um, What's his name? Jump, Jumpy or Jump, Junpei? Junpei. Uh, they leveraged his work on JoJo for sure. There was some oh, shots absolutely. in there that was so JoJo. The poses, the um, the trickery. It basically, it all had that ho ho energy, you know. And even and even having <laughs> Dio as uh, Gorilla Grodd was beautiful. And what a beautiful voice. So like that was uh, when he big brained everybody. It felt right because it was Dio. <laughs> it was it was totally him. So. Right, and I, I think they did a lot for um, like the Japanese style of cinematography. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, I actually heard this from Mobile Suit Gundam. Yeah. Uh, Mobile Suit Breakdown podcast, where they said most of those early um, like anime directors couldn't get into the movie business. 
like proper oh, so they did anime and they tried to make it as like cinematic as they could as like basically a resume right um and i feel like that style has carried very heavily into these like um this era right so it's like very cinematic um approach to anime in a lot of regards right but you know that is a drastic or a that oh, good you, lord you I got this today is not speak. your wor- linguistic day dude yeah, it's okay it is a drastic um <laughs> dichotomy oh okay to, <laughs> yeah i'm trying you brought, to, you brought it home you brought yeah, it home I'm trying really dichotomy. Hard, uh to <laughs> to like the the not english style but the <laughs> western style of like dc animation type stuff for sure there's less of the cinematic um like at one point you see Harley running to ba- to Joker and it's literally like her feet in these like cell shading type yeah, that, uh, motion and it's just that's not something you see very often at all. There's very little like B roll type situations, right? In like or framing setting shots at all. In it you all know, felt thought out, right? Like, it all felt very meticulous and and uh, but it's well just shot. definitely a big difference from what I would call like Western animation style, like DC animation. Yeah, and, it, and maybe part of that is the CGI that allows for these dynamic camera angles. Part of it might be. Uh, you know, the I think the, a large part of it is definitely the people doing the framing and the storyboarding and the and the shot work. Uh, but you're right; it's it's shots you would never see in classic Western animation because I think the emphasis is different. I mean, in uh, they're both trying to tell a story, but you can tell with you know Japanese animation and at least the style and the camera work that it's meant to be as dynamic as humanly possible wh- while still being animated. You know, with with uh, western con- western animation it doesn't feel like it needs to be uh, maybe maybe that's what is that actually because maybe it's it's meant to be for kids like all most uh animation in the west is kind of built for children it, i would say the majority of it is for sure right so who gives a shit about camera angles when a six-year-old's watching it right they don't have the brain power to know oh this is great <laughs> framing this is like the rule of thirds it's incredible that's not a thing yeah i think know? that has a lot to do with it but i also think um Japanese animators in general are given more leeway because they have potentially thousand episode long series. Right? True, true. It's just not it's not common at all for an English. Uh, God, I keep saying that English. Yeah, for a Western animation show mm-hmm. or anything like that to get that many seasons. Right. Unless it's like a kid show like that, or unless it's from like Japan originally, right? Yeah. So like. But yeah, when you're young, you kind of forget that, you know, Pokemon came from Japan. Exactly. You know what I mean? But like, so like that had seven seasons or however many seasons, right? Like 300 apps. And that's not common at all. Right. For instance, one of the shows I like, like a ton is Gargoyles. Yes. Gargoyles was lit. Right. Like absolutely one of my top, you know, shows of all time, at least from an animation, not animation, but from like an animated show standpoint. Right. Um, but, you know, they had, like, I think three to five seasons max. Yeah. And it's much shorter seasons, shorter episodes, and stuff like that. And so, like, I just think that um, if you have potentially, like, the ticking clock, right, that, you know, a lot of... Yeah. I feel like Eastern... God damn it. Western Eastern. shows <laughs> have a even heart like ah what what hold on a clock that is good i don't know i'm losing my freaking gourd a (laughs) clock that is ticking even faster than eastern i think but i i think it does come down to you know the audience and who they're 
uh, tailoring to. Because, I mean, no six-year-old is going on an internet forum talking about the shot composition of gargoyles. They're talking about how sweet it was that he punched some dude. Like, that's that's the level that you're getting at. No one's going yeah, on the framing of... Yeah, no one, because... no, no one's going on, like, online showing the, the, the framing of SpongeBob. Like, that's not... Yeah, but we're shown in schmucks and we're 27, you know what I mean? Yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> I'm just saying, like... <laughs> but no, I, I've got, but I get what you're saying. I feel it's, like it, it defies age boundaries a lot more for Eastern um, right. shows than, I guess, Western from what you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's just a different... It's a different endgame. And I think anime as a medium, as a style, understands that the audience it's trying to target is one that, you know, has... I mean, enough wherewithal to look at it and understand what makes it beautiful to watch. Let's understand, you know, the the sakuga. They understand all this stuff because if they if they knew that the audience didn't care, then they wouldn't put their money right there. They wouldn't put their money in it, you know. And these movies, they put money into directors and producers and uh, writers that make stories that are both visually and narratively compelling. And it's like it comes back to what you said. The cinematography and the choreography in this movie in Batman Ninja was beautiful. Like, beautiful. There are shots where basically the one where Batman wakes up after getting injured, his mask being cracked is like in the foreground and then it looks as if a camera lens is zooming away to Bruce behind it. And it, that's kind of the thing you would get in a real-life movie. Right. But they took the time to do that kind of shot in animation because they understand the audience and the medium. Because the medium is built to have shit like that. So, in another way, again, coming back to the main question, does it anime? Yes, it's built for an older audience, and anime has always kind of been that way. What? Yes and no. Okay, I mean, like, okay. a built for an older audience, I think, is such a strange distinction to make because i think all the most famous shows in the world are shonens you know? i guess so that's true yeah i just i don't think that's a good um point in terms of like saying you know is is anime for kids right and then is is cartoons for kids because these are very specifically like raunchier not raunchier but like more grotesque in a lot of ways more visceral like these dc animation right. because that's dc's thing they're kind of like a darker version of like a marvel type movie right so let, let me rephrase because you i think you're right i may i'm have trying a, to jump down your throat you are I'm a little bit but, a, but, but i'm I, having a real I, bad linguisti day <laughs> but you're doing a good job because there was there was there was truth to what you said i think shonen as a no shit. shut up <laughs> shonen as a genre you know they say it's built for 8 to 18 you know boys of 8 to 18 and it's interesting that even though these shows are built for, you know, by definition for quote unquote kids, they are willing to push boundaries on violence and, and kind of like sexual themes and stuff like that. It's maybe because anime trusts that the even it's not an age thing. It's it's attracting, you know, an audience that is maybe mature enough to handle that age indiscriminate, you know. That might be more of what I'm getting at, is that it's understanding the audience has a little bit more uh, you know, uh, awareness about what it's watching you know where american cartoons that are specifically built for children n are trying to rein it in real hard to stuff like that because there there's a lot of like sexual jokes and like spongebob and stuff that go over kids heads and stuff like that I yeah mean, naturally uh, so, yeah, I, yeah i mean like disney and nickelodeon i well not, maybe not disney much anymore but right they used to be very very like split on like kid content and non-kid content mm-hmm 
And I think, you know, at least from what I've seen, there's just a lot more like censorship laws in, you know, America versus right, Japan. Right. right and I yeah. think, which is really odd to me because they are like a more, um, what I would consider like structured regimented type of a you would think the censorship would be strong like, right country right it, maybe and it's not like, stronger it's just different yeah, right maybe yeah. but it's just very strange you know the like very like vast differences between the two countries in terms of like our kid content and their kid content because i think right. you, you could still say that those shonen shows and those shoujo shows are kid content as well which is fascinating right because some of them say like bastard and bitch and he- like they're yeah, cussing, they're cussing like up a storm in those very in those very shows. like it's more of an adult version of like a kid show which, right which i think you know it just is a very interesting difference between the two um like cultures in general but in terms of like an like a ip right yeah i think you take you know batman and all his comics and stuff and you put it up against something like a, a one piece or a, yeah. you know, one of those big like seminary works in either of the two styles. Mm-hmm. And I think you can draw a lot of the, like similarities between the IPs. I think the basis of all the stories are very, very similar. I would agree. I and mean, like all stories are basically the same, right? Right. They all do. They all have a certain, but uh, I think beats. it's cool specifically in this work that we watched to, to get them to draw out some of those within the Batman like kind of universe. It's very true because, I mean, they didn't have to go very out of their way to make it. Like I said, it didn't feel to me like a proper Batman movie, but it doesn't mean that they didn't stick within the IP's rules and laws and stuff. Yeah, they did get transported to back into feudal Japan. Yes, they made house mechs somehow in just two years from <laughs> literal sticks and stones to actual incredible technology that doesn't exist and gatling today. guns and gatling <laughs> guns and there were some moments in this movie that were quite funny they made a monkey mech there was a mech made out of monkeys let's just talk about then, that like, real quick it, it was suited by batman <laughs> it's funnily bats came around the monkey mech and then made an old school looking batman mech giant god thing <laughs> and it punched the shit out of super house mech that combined like a <laughs> like a power rangers combination so um yeah there's i think there, it was wild for it sure. was wild but that's also after thinking about it and chatting about this movie that is also why i watch anime and what makes anime a, a medium all of its own because you can portray the most wild shit you can even imagine in a pretty cool and not so haha kitty way this movie did a really good job of showing not necessarily all of anime has to offer but how it can offer it in the most wild way possible, you know? So, again, back to the main question. Ethan, does it anime? I think this is firmly anime. Yes. I, I, I mean, they specifically were going after that. They marketed it as, ja- like, basically Batman anime. Right. Like, in the actual description, you know, it says, like, this anime work and things right. like that. And, like, obviously they went out and they got you know, Junpei from, you know, Jojo. Jojo. Yeah. So like they literally went out to try to accomplish something like that. And I personally love to see it because it means, you know, they are obviously recognizing, you know, Eastern animation as like, obviously, you know, a large Goliath that it is now. Right. right. And and using it as a way to tell an American, like a more Westernized story with not necessarily a Westernized story, but a Westernized character that's been beloved and iconic in the Western space putting it in the lens of anime. And like I said before, 
for me, something didn't feel like anime, but I wanted to suss out what it was, and I think it is because it used is such an iconic Western character, and I think it's just unusual to see something like that baked into a format in a medium like anime and once you kind of reconcile the two it was a very enjoyable work i did i had a really good time with it despite it being cg but um i uh yeah there's no getting around it it's anime on paper and also very spiritually if you remove yourself if you watch it and feel like this still doesn't feel like anime maybe remove yourself remember it's it's the character maybe I don't think it's uh, because the style is off or the writing is off. All of that is 100% anime to a T. I think it's because Batman is in the movie. Honest to God. Yeah, and what's funny about that is like Batman, and, and this is what I was trying to get at a little bit earlier, as a character and like people in his universe aren't all that different from like, you know, Japanese right, um, right. shonen type heroes and stuff like that. Um, so. Like it, it is interesting to me to always see that kind of you know disparity between those two types of IP. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what I do really really love about this is that they're going out there and they're basically they're showing you know a little tiny slice and taste of the Japanese culture to maybe a um, comic book only type gate kept community. There it is. Yeah, and I'm hoping there's going to be more crossover in terms of you know fandoms because. Um, I think it'd be really cool if, you know, there was deals between, like, One Piece and Batman or something. Just some kind of weird, super weird Western Eastern crossover and that kind of thing. Yeah, like, like imagine in Wano if, for whatever <laughs> reason, they walk up and it's, like, Joker, Batman, and yeah, all them, the, like, The fighting. Batwing rolls in while they're at sea and just lands on their ship. And it's just like, oh, hey, Batman, what's good? Yeah, Time I, to start I don't the know. mini bat like, arc. Obviously, that's not good, but I'm just saying. <laughs> right, right. Like, I think that would be really cool. And, I, I mean... I would really hope that they kind of go after some more of those type of crossover homage type situations and maybe vice versa too. It'd be pretty rad to see like Superman or like a Marvel character pop up in My Hero Academia since it literally is uh, kind of a uh, taking inspiration heavily from those stories to have one of them kind of pop in and be a hero would be fucking rad it'd be kind of cool if it was yeah. like old world superheroes was the ones that we recognize over here uh, and then yeah. like we're, we're talking way in the future or whatever happens to be this quirk situation yeah i know like quirky um, deal. patrick and potentially you have that charlotte um it might have been you that i have i have this uh tinfoily fan theory that charlotte is the prequel to my hero academia and the main character in charlotte is all for one because he has the power to take other people's abilities. Right. And then he goes a little crazy because he takes so many. And then he just grows up to be this psychopathic villain killer dude. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I <laughs> that's totally tinfoil. That's not in any way related. But it's real. No, guys. I actually <laughs> think that has a, like Obviously, it's not legit because but they didn't say anything. But I think it, it easily tracks, could right? have been. It, it easily tracks. could have been. Yeah. High probability that's accurate. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, I mean... It's 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 cool to see a character that, you know, is beloved like Batman show up in a genre that obviously me and Ethan feel very strongly about because anime is amazing. Oh, we um, actually hate anime, so... That- yeah, we're just doing this just to, you know, <laughs> pass our, the time. Our 50 episodes are for nothing. <laughs> I, I think... I don't know. Uh, what do you think this got rated from an American standpoint of the IMBD score? The IMBD score? Yes. I think, so if I were to rank it myself, I would give it a clean 
82 Monkey Mechs out of 100. I think it's a great anime work. I think it's uh, it has its flaws. I think it's a little bit fast-paced. I think it maybe kind of drops the ball on some exposition stuff and plot, but it is a joy to set your eyes on despite it being CG, and the choreography and uh, camera work is superb. So, And the character designs are super, super awesome. So I think on IMBD, maybe 8.3 or 5, something like that? What's it? What's it at? So, this very much shows the difference between Mal and IMVD. Okay. Okay. So it has fifteen thousand reviews, which isn't a ton, but I mean, this is kind of like an obscure site to it's, do reviews on. Right? right. It's a it's a movie too. Um, but it has a five point six out of ten. No way. Is that on, on my anime list? No, it's right. obviously it's not on my anime list. Oh, this it might be. IMVD. It might be IMVD. It's got a. Five. So that's what I mean is like when we look at those shows, like even the worst of 2019 and they get a 5.2, but you got like there's a strange bump on that. Who do you think is ranking this? Anime fans or DC slash Batman fans? 100% is ba- Batman fans. That's probably what it is. And that's what it goes back to what I was saying. I don't think it's a good Batman movie. I think it's a good anime movie. It's Should a I good... read this review? It's a three star. Is it you got you got like one good line in there somewhere? Or, yeah, give me give me like the first two lines. What I love Batman, I love anime, I love cheesy anime conversations, but I hate an emptied character and script despite a huge potential. <laughs> Batman so this is, is this is the guy who's a fan of everything. He's a fan of all of it. Batman is never about bad. his gadgets. Look at the Arkham Knight game. Red Hood thinks Batman is all about his gadget and nothing without them. Um, but Batman proves him wrong with his gigantic intellect and training. Granted, he relies on his gadgets on his day-to-day operations. However, he never despairs when he loses any of them. On the contrary, he willingly sacrifices his gadgets and tools like they are nothing because the, he is the weapon. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The one thing I did not like about this movie adamantly is... My favorite thing about Batman is because he is a world-class detective. He is big brain epitomized. So I wanted to see more. When I see Batman, I want to see him do some sweet detective work too. I want all Batman. And this did not have any of that. Like, he was not... The thing is, he couldn't even figure out all the shit on his own about Fuel Japan. You would think one of the smartest men in the world, essentially in that universe, could figure this shit out. And he needed all the other Robins to help him do it, right? That seems a little odd to me. Well, he came two years later, but okay. Right, but... the last line this guy has is is very poignant, and I think I actually agree really heavily now that I've read this. All right, give it to me. Um, If anyone says it's an interpretation of Batman, an an interpretation is about nuances, settings, surroundings, not the main subject. If you take what makes Batman out of Batman, it's not an interpretation interesting and i actually agree with him yeah so this was very much like a batman ip but i agree with you very little batman um soul to it yeah yeah it didn't it didn't have that batman energy it had anime energy all up and down yeah, i had for sure. so much anime energy and, it's and good so here's it was. my question yes do you think it might be because <laughs> it's a Japanese guy doing the directing and really didn't have too he much? Doesn't basis. have a grasp on Maybe. Batman as Hon- a character. Honestly, yeah, I think that's honestly what it was. It's as if somebody gave you a three-page essay written by a tenth grader about Batman, and that's all the information you had to go on based on, aside from not having hundreds and hundreds of issues of comics, just one essay, and then like, okay, make a Batman movie. 
well, I don't really know Batman, but I know anime, so giddy up, motherfuckers. We're doing a Batman anime movie. Yeah, I think I can agree there, but I do still think it was probably like 78 to 82, like you said. Yeah, really, and I think that's what it was. I didn't watch it for, and we weren't necessarily watching it for a uh, Batman Batman experience. Yeah, totally agree. We weren't watching it for a Batman, because the question we were asking is, does it anime, not does it Batman, you know? So when we do, (laughs) (laughs) so we're watching this looking for, can I qualify? this work as anime and does I, it movie does it movie well yes i guess it does yeah, movie. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah it does movie uh but yeah so we're definitely watching these shows and in the future we'll do this again it's uh works that are anime adjacent um we're not necessarily watching it is it a good x movie or a good uh anime this or an anime that is it anime period so I guess we liked it for what it was trying to be. Yeah, and I gotta say, like, just closing thoughts. Very, very gorgeous. One of the most beautiful, like, movies I've seen. And definitely in comparison to, like, Batman's, like, um, animations that I've also watched. It is the most gorgeous out of all of them by far. I will. Because I think it is that that difference of, like, this is for anime and this is for Batman type situation. Right. So I think that's very clear to see if you're a Batman fan – I think you still watch this because it's just fun to see Batman in a different setting. Yes. Um, I, I think for me, it's it it enters into a short list on how to do CGI right. You know, how to do CG in anime as anime as a medium within this overarching medium right. And it maybe requires a lot of money. It maybe requires a big old fat DC deep pockets, you know. But um, if done right, it can, it can really sell... Uh, a lot of good points when it comes to a visual storytelling mechanic. So, um, yeah, final thoughts. Great anime movie. Not the best Batman movie. You will have a good time with it. It's not worth a rewatch. But if you got an extra hour and change, why not? It's a good time. You're not going to hate it. At least, I don't think so, unless you're a big yeah, Batman Yeah, I mean, I, I think it probably is worth at least one rewatch. Right. I mean, Jesus Christ. Sorry. I mean, I don't know if I'd go back to Just watch it. Just told him to get on his knees and blast it. <laughs> no, I think it's a great show, great movie, I guess. And right. then, um, you know, just in general... I enjoyed it. I like this kind of topic, and I can't wait to do more in the future. Yep. Hopefully, all at home or watching on YouTube enjoyed this. Thank you so um, much for watching. Please like, comic, and subscribe. Yep, smash that bell, baby. So that you are notified anytime we upload a new video. If you just want to experience our voices and not our faces and background, you can go to Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, or anywhere else you get your anime podcast fix. Um, And obviously, as per usual, these come out every Monday on those podcasting platforms. Yes, if you want to get a little more visual action, you can go to our Instagram, at weebology.podcast. we got memes on memes on news as well. So we're trying to mix it up and not post as much so we don't get shadow banned again. They they kind of freaked us freaked at us because we uh we're posting too much dank content. Legit, it's because we were like they thought we were robots. We were so robotically crushing it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, you guys need to sit in the timeout corner real yeah. quick. Um, yeah, and drop us a line at uh on our email. Uh, we apology podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, or message us on you know Instagram, Twitter, whatever you want to do. You want to show at WeBologyP. You want us to watch a show. All you got to do is DM us, baby. That's all you got to do. Or email. Or email. Or call us up. I don't know how you have my phone number. Don't I didn't do that. It, so Actually, don't, call don't do us that. that. <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird. But um, yeah, I think they got learned today, dude. Definitely they definitely got learned. Got learned. So, and, uh, uh, you know, thank you guys for watching. This has been your Professor Ethan. This has also been your Professor Ricky. And this has been Weebology. Hi-ya! Deuces! Hi-ya! Deuces! <laughs>